from the Times of Northwest Indiana and nwi.com slash podcasts, you're listening to Byline, the podcast about the newspaper's most fascinating stories and the reporters who tell them. I'm Kale Wilk, and this week Byline takes a look at the state of home daycare centers in the region. We'll talk with the seasoned investigative reporter uncovering the answers. Um, you know, it, the community comes to us and trusts us um, to investigate these issues and to try to reach a fair and accurate, you know, conclusion. And we'll ask officials and caregivers for their takes on the solutions. They need to feel confident that their children are being well cared for. So um, we think that you should have very high expectations. So where are we going to today? Uh, we are visiting about a dozen home daycares located in both Lake County and LaPorte County um, that have had a significant number of violations over the last three years. What you're hearing, besides myself, is a brief bit of conversation with Steve Garrison. He works for The Times, and there's something he's been working on that we wanted to feature on the podcast. So we're going to go and talk to the... Uh, operators if we can and uh, hopefully uh, learn a little bit more about why this occurred and uh, maybe get some explanation for it. And none of them know we're coming? No. <laughs> no, they do not. But So our story starts out here, leaving the parking lot in Munster and planning to go visit these different homes. But along the way, we'll learn some revelations and try to answer the three big questions that have driven Steve and the story. Before we get into that, let's find out a bit about today's featured reporter, considering it is his first time being on the podcast. Uh, my name is Steve Garrison. I'm the courts and social justice reporter for the Times of Northwest Indiana. Steve came on staff shortly after I did around a year ago. Originally from nearby New Lenox, Illinois, he spent time at Joliet Junior College, the University of Wisconsin at Milwaukee, and then went on to spend time at publications in Waukesha, Wisconsin, Farmington, New Mexico, and finally back here to the region. Although he's very much into music, he actually has an interest and a knack for reporting crime. My exposure to it came um, from my first job. I sat down with uh, my editor there, Debbie Eimer, and um, she, uh, you know, they had two positions open. One of them was covering a uh, city, and one of them was covering courts and education. And uh, after talking with her, she said, well, you, you know, just by your temperament, you seem like somebody would be interested in the courts. Um, and she was right. So, I mean, yeah, I just developed a, a real fascination and interest in the criminal justice system. So, yeah, and that's, that's, you know, I love working with police and defense attorneys and prosecutors and kind of watching, uh, watching how everything works in our society. On that note, this investigation Steve did started with a case from Merrillville in April. That of Tawana Cole, a home daycare operator. And uh, we got a press release from the Maryville Police Department that said uh, the day prior um, they had uh, gone into this home daycare. Cole had run a home daycare since 2009. Two homes in Maryville, one of those named Tender Loving Spirits, and a third home in Gary named Kids in Care. Maryville police were dispatched to the Maryville homes on April 11th. According to the Department of Child Services, 
An investigation said that three children in Merrillville School District reported Tawana Cole had been drinking daily at the home daycare. A worker from DCS had gone to the house in the afternoon, but had no luck trying to speak with Cole in person. Police tried to get into the home. Um, uh, they were apparently unsuccessful, and then one of the officers crawled in through a, uh, a window. Once inside, the officer let fellow law enforcement in. They discovered 15 children, including one who had a bloody napkin pressed to his forehead. The police also found weapons, which included a loaded pistol, a loaded revolver, two loaded shotguns, and an assortment of knives and daggers. To top it off, they also found a number of empty liquor bottles. Cole and two others she employed at the home daycare were charged with 13 counts each of neglect of a dependent and criminal confinement. The thing about Tawana Cole is this wasn't the first time she had had a run-in with law enforcement. There was an incident in 2014 that caught their attention, as well as some looks from the state. Um, She had previously been charged uh, in June 2014 um, with felony battery on allegations she attempted to stab a person. Apparently she met this uh, this gentleman outside a Walgreens in Gary. Um, The the man was there to pick or drop off his child with a friend of Tawana Coles. Tawana Coles was driving the friend. Reportedly, an argument ensued in that parking lot, which led Tawana Cole to draw a kitchen knife on the man and start swinging at him. He fled in his car, and Cole pursued him in hers, with that child she had just taken in her back seat. The man had fled to his cousin's home in Gary, and once he had arrived and exited his car... Reportedly, Tawana Cole tried to run him over. Those are, you know, extremely serious violate, you know, allegations. Um, and uh, in June 2014, the state had attempted to um, um, revoke her, her operator's license. But here's the thing. It wasn't because of this particular episode. It was for something related to, but different than that. Because the state can't revoke a license unless someone is convicted of a felony or there's a misdemeanor that's related to the health and safety of a child. Since she wasn't convicted, she was only charged with these crimes. Um, The state had, basically what they said is they tried to revoke the license because one, she didn't tell them that she was the subject of a police investigation, which daycare operators are required to do. Um, And two, uh, she had uh, several violations at her property. Uh, during the inspection in that June. Cole appealed the decision, and during the appeals process, she was allowed to continue operating her home daycare. A settlement was reached a few months later in October that year in which Cole was required to maintain records, notify police about investigations or charges within 24 hours, undergo an increased amount of inspections, and participate in a mentoring program for home daycare operators. Steve reached out to the town of Merrillville for comments on this chain of events. Needless to say, the town police and council members were taken aback by the seriousness of the Tawana Cole incident. How was this daycare operator allowed to continue running these homes with her past infractions, ultimately leading to the major discovery of dangerous weapons and alcohol near multiple children? One councilman in particular that did voice expectations for change was Sean Pettit, councilman for Ward 6. I represent the 6th Ward, which is the east side of town, on a variety of issues. Um... I'm also on the Planning Commission as the Planning Commission President, uh, which oversees land planning and development for the town. Uh, and I'm also President of the Redevelopment Commission, which handles the uh, three TIF tax increment finance districts for the town. I asked him what his feelings were after hearing about the discovery by Maryville Police. Well, I was very, I was very upset and concerned for the children. 
as I think all the council were. This was such a dramatic incident that it, it you know, we don't want it to happen again. Um, I don't know how widespread it was. Uh, if Chief Petrush commented on that, I would, I would leave it at, you know, kind of leave it at that. Uh, but this one was pretty glaring. So the idea of banning home daycares was tossed around, but that wouldn't fly under Indiana law. So they opted for something different. Yeah, we wanted to just we want to monitor these so that there are um, more random inspections that is prescribed by the state of Indiana, so that our code officer, uh, our fire inspector, uh, or our building inspector would have the ability to go in and and take a look and see what's going on. If someone were to walk in the, the living room of that house, they wouldn't really see anything out of sorts, so to speak. So. That's kind of what predicated the idea uh, of having the inspections. It wasn't necessarily uh, to outlaw them. However, I'm sure that in isolated incidences, the neighbors, you know, based on the parking and the congestion, would not mind if, you know, some of these went away. Uh, which ones, I don't know. I'm not going to comment on that. But again, just the, the parking and the traffic, you know, on the streets. However, you know, we, we didn't want to eliminate them because they are affordable to working parents, single working parents. It's affordable as opposed to going to a commercial uh, entity for daycare. That's where Steve's investigation starts. And he asked three questions. How did Tawana Cole's situation develop into what it was? Are these problems widespread? And are there other homes in Northwest Indiana like this? Finally, what is the solution to this? We'll get into those in Visit to Daycare after a brief break. Hey, listeners, it's Matt Schubert, producer of That's So Region, the podcast about all things region. It's uh, Joseph Pete, also a panelist on That's So Region and the best freestyle rapper on the Time staff. We talk about all sorts of region topics, what to do, where to go. Can there actually be a gourmet taco? How many pierogi you can stuff in your gullet and why it's pierogi and not pierogies. Make sure to download us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter, and visit nwi.com Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. Who knows? We're back. So I joined Steve on this day trip to scoot around the region and visit several homes. The goal was to essentially knock on doors, see if daycare operators were at home, and if so, try and ask them about their inspection reports. Of the homes Steve researched, many had a decent number of citations issued against them. I have to disclose, though, that my audio capturing abilities on this trip were limited. I didn't turn on the recorder to capture comments without the operator's permission. I will say that some of them were skittish about talking with us, and some did open up about comments. Most were unsure and a little taken aback when asked about their citations, saying they were in good standing as far as they could tell. Here's an in-between moment while we were out, along with some tunes from the White Stripes playing in the background. (laughs) It's tough. Um, Yeah, so I think... um you know, the hard part with any kind of investigation is trying to find the tone uh, for the story. Um, and you know, you got to kind of let the, the investigation dictate the tone. Not, don't let the tone dictate the investigation because uh, then you can end up with a lopsided story that's not fair or accurate. <laughs> and I think, you know, I've gone through 
300 inspection records online. I've gone through um, probably 120 pages of them, um, physical copies that I re requested. Um, and I think the takeaway so far has been that, um, you know, Tawana Cole's property, um, the allegations against her are, you know, it seems like she was an outlier, um, that she was running one of the, uh, um, you know, uh, property that was clearly not one of the best. Um, the other property... On that note, I'd like to add that getting this information is a hard but necessary way to discover what the situation is for home daycare operators. It's like when Lauren Cross did her footwork in approaching residents of the West Calumet Housing Complex in East Chicago. Unfortunately, many of them were skittish at first when speaking with us, or at some residences, employees would tell us the same thing. The operator was out and would be back later. It's not lost on us why this is. We're two people coming on official business asking tough questions. We're not the same as an inspector from the state, but our presence can easily be equated with that. But there was finally a bright spot in Merrillville, the last home we had time to okay. visit that day. All right. Okay, so what you was asking? Um, so yeah, most of my story about home daycares uh, in light of what happened here. Michael's mm -hmm. uh, home daycare and what changes that Maryville is looking uh, to make. So, uh, it was what you might expect. There were probably eight toddlers there, caregiving supplies scattered around, and a camera in the kitchen that monitors activities. The house belonged to Gregory Brown. He and his wife, Karen, were willing to provide some comments. She likes being a daycare provider. I would say it's been rewarding. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's been rewarding. I mean, I mean, just giving to the kids. You see a lot of kids come through here. And I mean, because we do foster care also. So I just find myself being able to help a lot of kids that has like a lot of delays. And well, right now, I think we only have maybe, um, maybe about eight, eight or nine. Does that change with the school year? I assume like it does. But this year it's been really slow. Yeah. And honestly, I like it like this because I mean, I don't want to be overwhelmed. So just to stay, you know, I don't know, just to kind of just, I don't want to be overwhelmed. So I kind of like, like it like this. And I'm really like, not really even trying to get any more ideas because with this, we can, you know, we can, you know, give our kids more attention as opposed to if you got 12 kids, you know, yeah. running around here. So, I know, yeah, like, um, I mean, how do you know if you have enough space? Is there... She has to come out. Steve asked what it's like when an inspector does come around. What do they do? Well, the process, she first come in here, she looks at all your paperwork. Pretty much what she's looking for is make sure... Everything's up to date. All the kids' um, medical is up to date. She's testing the water. She's she testing. looks at the water. Um, fire extinguishers has to be up to date. Outlet covers. Um, she looks under the sinks, all the sinks. Make sure there are no chemicals out and like stuff like that. Um, she looks at our backyard, any toys or anything that looks unsafe, they have to go. And she gives you probably two weeks to take a picture or she's coming back to send it to her. One thing Steve wanted to ask all these operators is what they thought about the Tawana Cole incident and about what the town was doing. So like, Tawana Cole, um, how does that happen, do you think? Like, I want to know too! Yeah, right? That's Everyone I asked, I asked the same thing, and everyone seemed surprised and shocked that they, it was... I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, but I can only speak for myself. Yeah. I mean, because, like, I mean, 
I try to keep my place clean and neat, but I've heard that it was just like dirty and everything. I don't know. Yeah, no. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, have you guys like been, been visited by anyone from Beverly yet? Or no. Because like, okay. we have a fire department come out. Uh, yeah, because that's the yeah, we do state, one right? of the things. Yeah, the fire department has to come out. Yeah. Look, we have to even have like, I have records on my dog. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Immunization, yeah. No, so it sounds like, yeah, Maribel's going to be doing a lot of the same, um, and they're going to be filing their own paperwork, um, and there's going to be a, a new license. Um, I'm curious to get your thoughts on that. I mean, is, is that necessary for, for what you're doing and for your business? I don't think so. I mean, but if they, for the quality of the kids, I mean, yeah. I don't really care. Me personally, I don't have anything to hide. Yeah. So, I mean, I try to run my place to where, when you came, I ain't say come back tomorrow. I said, come on. Yeah. And so I try to keep my place to where it's like that. Yeah. You know, I'm under We left shortly after. All seemed pretty normal. Steve did ask about a non-compliance issue that they had had in December. But they said it was a paperwork issue for updated information on their employees. That issue of paperwork had come up at another home daycare. You know, did, yeah. was this encouraging to finally have this? Yeah, I think so. Um... I mean, it's 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 gonna be part of the process. Whenever you try to talk to anybody, um, and you sell your family newspaper, they're gonna be wary. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely yeah nice to be able to talk to someone who actually runs a business uh, about you know what they do and why they do it, um, and about the inspection reports. Um, so yeah, but they also seemed like they were a little. Not like taken aback, but it's like they, they it's like they seemed like they understood what you were meaning with like the uh, the non-compliance factors. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, not like, not like taking a bag. They were just like, you know, Oh, we had like these many issues, but it's like when you talk to them about like the recent one from December, they, yeah, they like remembered that. And then they said, okay, well we just need to get some more information. And yeah, know. no, I think, yeah, they were probably pretty calm about it all. Steve was a little puzzled. He said he had to go back to the drawing board. Was Tawanda Cole truly just an outlier here and all these other non-compliance issues infinitesimal? Steve spent some time looking for clarification on these inspection reports he had printed off. What were these citations or non-compliance issues exactly? If a home had 30-something citations, certainly all those couldn't be 30 daggers found lying around, right? Steve had reached out and talked with a few people at the Family and Social Services Administration a government agency in the state. I called up one of them, a spokeswoman named Marnie Lemons. Marnie Lemons. Marnie is the deputy director of communications for the six branches of the Family and Social Services Administration. What Steve discovered with some more research, and what the FSSA revealed, is that many of these noncompliance issues are related to paperwork not getting filed correctly. Kind of like not returning your library book in on time. There's a lot of paperwork required, and that's for the safety of the children and for the families involved. It's everything from shots uh, to make sure that all the children are up to date on their vaccinations to making sure that all the proper paperwork is in place to show that the workers at the child care have had the most up-to-date training and have had their TB test and have 
a, a, uh, a recent criminal background check on file, um, et cetera, et cetera. What it has to do with is the fact that if one piece of paperwork is missing, we then cite that for sometimes up to nine or ten different things. One missing child's file could lead up to nine citations for having no enrollment form, no authorization to pick up the child, no field trip permission, no signed discipline policy, no birth certificate, no release for emergency medical care, no physical, no immunizations, and no permission to give medication. When these citations are given, the care providers are notified and given 30 days to correct this. Not really something to shut down the whole operation for, even though, as Marnie said, on the surface it might seem like there's these glaring numbers of noncompliance issues. Remember that home in Merrillville Steve and I went to? Gregory Brown's daycare had 25 citations related to paperwork issued over the past three years. Another example is a spot in Gary called Rita's Romper Room that had 58 citations over the past three years, also for paperwork. Marnie Lemons and others Steve spoke with noted that the goal isn't to try and shut down as many non-compliant daycare centers as possible. Uprooting the routine of a family or child isn't in their interest. Kind of like when Byline did an episode on Indiana's neglected children. The serious issues that when we see we are more likely to take immediate and more stringent action would have to do with if there is an inadequate staff-to-child ratio, for example, if there are too many children present for the number of adults that are watching them, we take those sorts of issues very seriously, and we will often immediately put a child care on probation and continue going out to visit until they've demonstrated to us that they do have, that they have adequately put enough staff in place or have cut the number of children that they care for. If there is missing paperwork, we understand families get busy and, you know, didn't turn in the permission slip on time or, you know, they had to, they had a physical scheduled for the child, but the child or a parent became sick and they weren't able to keep that. I was also curious to get her comments on the Tawana Cole incident or what she knew of that FSSA had done since. When this incident happened, we had just been out there a couple of weeks before and had uh, had provided her, our, our inspection was on March 27th. And um, there were a number of violations that we were concerned about then, but the most, our greatest concern was the fact that um, Ms. Cole's um, her criminal background check had expired and she needed a new one. And um, we found out later that that was going to be problematic because in the time period since she'd had her last background check, she had been convicted of a felony. So um, once we were made aware of that and the incident happened, then we revoked her license um, for those homes. Tawana Cole has appealed her most recent revocation and has postponed um, her revocation hearing several times. It is currently scheduled for November 14th, but we are continuing to um, drop into her location, and we know that she has not she is no longer caring for any children there, um, and we suspect that's probably because she no longer has the ability to receive CCDF funds. Whether it's checks by the agency, parents, or news coverage of major incidents when they happen, 
Marnie Voice said it's important these operators are held accountable. Just encouragement to parents to hold their child care providers accountable. It's so important, and um, they will improve their work if improvements are demanded by parents. Our children are our most precious commodities, and, and we know that in order for parents to work, they need to feel confident that their children are being well cared for. So um, we think that you should have very high expectations. Around a couple hundred of these home daycares are sprinkled throughout the region. Do we know for sure that there won't be another Tawana Cole? Will more inspections truly keep everyone in compliance? Is there a solution that can solve all of it so no children are harmed? The best thing that we can do here on our part is investigate, question, and bring attention. Here's Steve again one more time. You know, we fill a a very necessary gap in the community. Um, You know, how many people after an incident like this are, you know, have the ability, have the the resources to, to ask whether this could be indicative of a larger issue, to ask whether... You know, uh, what happened at, what allegedly happened at Tawana Cole's place could have, you know, could have been prevented. But I think these are some of the most important stories we do is taking, you know, 10 steps back and and looking at that, you know, story and saying, well, what does it mean? Um, You know, the community comes to us and trusts us um, to investigate these issues and to try to reach a fair and accurate, you know, conclusion or to provide a fair and accurate kind of Uh, analysis of of what's going on day to day. Byline is a production of the Times of Northwest Indiana. You can find all of our episodes at nwi.com slash podcasts. Byline is also on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just type in NWI Byline in the search bar and we should pop up. If you've got a media player and want to download our episodes or listen on the go, Byline is available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. We just kindly ask that you rate us and leave a review because it actually really helps. And we'd like to hear from you, whether that's constructive comments, feedback, or suggestions for topics you'd like to hear more about. Just drop an email to kale.wilk at nwi.com. Reporting for this week's episode came from Steve Garrison and myself, Kale Wilk. We'd like to thank Karen and Michael Brown, Marnie Lemons and Sean Pettit for taking time to be interviewed for this episode. A big thanks also goes to Summer Moore, the Times' digital and audience engagement editor and Byline's creator. She's the caregiver for this podcast, and makes sure it's in good health and standing. I'm Kale Wilk, and from the Times of Northwest Indiana, thank you for listening. See you next time.